¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Yes, so welcome to State of Play. There is only, only one thing to discuss. The 2024 budget. It is an election year budget, and so it is very important. But it's also been delivered by a setting finance minister who has been there. He has nine lives. He's found a way to survive for so long. But there are rumors in the corridors of parliament, in the corridors of power, that this may be his very last. And when they say that, you may think, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, next year, there's not going to be any budget. There is. There will be a media budget presentation. True? Yeah, there will be. But they, there's a view that, you know, this is his last. And there are strong voices within parliament saying that this, this, he's, he's going to exit. Um, we'll talk about that, but let's, let's talk about the budget. The, let's start with that point that the finance minister made about, you've turned the corner. He said that in 20, the last time, the 2023 budget, he said we are beginning to turn the corner. And now we have turned the corner. So the question to you is, first of all, show us it Because your life must reflect, the, your micro life must reflect the macro, right? Mm -hmm. Have you turned the corner? Oh, where have I gone to? <laughs> I mean, if I look at my life, I'm not in the same situation. Look, my inflation, mm -hmm. my personal inflation, mm -hmm. not calculated by the government's way of calculating <sighs> inflation, is worse. Yes, I, I mean, let me admit that a few things have improved. Mm -hmm. But you see, what saddens me in all of this, and this is what I want the my MPP friends to appreciate. Nobody voted for you to come into office and tell me that inflation of 35.2% is good. Uh, but the, the argument you make is, well, we came the from 54. The argument is that you came from where? came from 54. You promised production, mm -hmm. moving away from taxation to production. Now, do you promise a movement from taxation to production and turn around and tell me that, oh, because of, um, you know, uh, COVID-19. and Yes, let's say COVID-19 affected us. But by the end of COVID-19, our inflation was not at 54%. Mm, mm, mm. So by the end of the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, your currency had depreciated so poorly, so badly, that your inflation practically was you know, skyrocketing every month. Mm. So let's not get into this whole thing about, oh, um, you know, then inflation, but for COVID, no. How many people spent during COVID? So as for inflation, it was the period of 2022 where we saw huge jump in inflation. But that was also because we could not become self-sufficient as we promised. So this is for me the most important thing. When the NPP took over power in 2016, 2017, they had huge concerns, huge issues mm -hmm. with a rate of inflation around 15% at a time. Today, today. They're telling me that I should accept what? 35%? No. Mm. I wouldn't accept it. Because I demand better. I deserve better. This is not the economy they promised. There is no thing we've turned the corner, we've turned the corner, we've turned the corner. You're on the face of it, you may say that, oh, from 54 to 35, <laughs> you're doing well. But you're not buying it. I'm not, I don't buy it. Mm. Because it has not improved. Look, let me be very honest with you. You and I, 
as we sit here. And this is something I've said on air. I find it very difficult working to my employers to say, increase my salary. Because I know that one of the first things that I, uh, you know, companies would cut is the advertising budget. Yes. So how do I walk to them and say, oh, increase my salary? No. God being so good, some of us will get some emceeing and stuff to do. Ba, ba, ba. And you will get something. And you will get something. Mm. But how about the people who don't get anything? Today, look at the businesses. They're complaining. They're yeah. complaining bitterly. You spoke to them on Newsnight. You spoke to them on PMS Press. Well, 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 well. Are they happy with what they had yesterday? Now, that's where I want to start from. Mm -hmm. So when you present a budget, it is great to look at the text and the form and the things that were said. <laughs> but if it doesn't reflect in your pocket, it will be meaningless, mm -hmm. right? And one of the ways to reflect in your pocket is not a personal pocket alone, but a business's pocket, the pockets of business across exactly. the industry, right? So yesterday, we're asking a question. When the financer said, we've turned the corner, he was using a few indicators. Mm -hmm. He was using inflation, which mm -hmm. you dealt with, so I'm not going to go there. But there's something else he said that was interesting. He says, we've turned the corner when companies started going back to the job market to hire workers. So I asked the businesses on my show, and the AGI was on the show, okay, are you hiring? Are your members hiring? They said, no, 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 no. At best, we are not firing. Mm. At best, they are keeping... So they are replacing, maybe. So, so the hiring could be when somebody leaves. Yes. Then you have to replace. But the Chamber of Commerce and Industry, they were emphatic that in many instances, they are letting people go that this particular assessment done by the, this indicator isn't true. They are not necessarily, nobody's, nobody's uh, hiring. So you take their word for it because they hire. Mm -hmm. So the question, it begs the question, so where did the finance minister, in fact, the CEO of the chamber was challenging the finance minister to, to bring the evidence. Mm. Tell us the numbers that prove, because you see, elsewhere, when finance ministers present the budget and they say, that companies are employing. They'll back it up immediately. Oh, yes. With numbers. With numbers. You guys don't say they are employing and then turn yes. around and say, I'll bring But, but here's the thing. Down the line somewhere in the budget, they then give us a sense of, overall, how many people they've employed in both private and public sector. And I found that very interesting when I, when I saw it. And I don't know if you saw it too. Yes. But, but the finance that says, and this is over the period, right? So over seven years. Right, over seven years, we've created over 2.3 million jobs in the private and public sectors. Mm -hmm. Right, approximately 900,000 in the private sector and 1.4 million in the public sector. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the finance that's telling us that in seven years, they created 2.3 million jobs. First question I ask is, is that enough? Is that something to really celebrate, considering that you have nine years? Okay, that's the first question you need to ask. Considering how much they've gotten and they, how many jobs they say they've created, is 2.3 million jobs in seven years enough? That's the first question. Mm -hmm. Okay. The second question is, how do you verify this claim? Mm -hmm. Because they make the point that they, the private said that they created 900,000 jobs. Okay. Now, how is the government laying claim to this? What enabling environment have they created for the company to create these 900,000 jobs? And considering that in the last, what, two years, mm -hmm. the, um, the economic environment has been 
has been inimical to business interests as far as jobs and employment is concerned. If anything has happened in the last two years, it is the consistent and not, not a deliberate, but a systematic deconstruction of the conducive environment that was prevailing for businesses to employ. So this 900,000, how can the government lay claim to this? So by John line, let's say multimedia is employing people. The government is actually saying that they have created the they have created these jobs. So the assumption is that they've created the environment for the job to happen. And the businesses say they actually do not have the environment to employ. So where are the 900,000 jobs coming from? As for the 1.4 million public sector jobs that have been created, me and you know that a lot of that is in what? NAPCO, right? Even the NAPCO ones, and that is why it is important to bring the numbers down, right? So the, the, and, and, and for me, it's a very fundamental point. If you've created 1.4 million jobs in the public sector, the finance minister should be in a position to give us a breakdown of where these jobs are. Yeah. Where were these jobs created? Is it in the ministries, departments, and agencies? And we know that's not really, if you're counting employment, it's not something that you celebrate, right? Yeah. You are bloating the already huge public service. They bring people in. And we know that the IMF program has been telling us over the period, each time we go to the IMF, one of the, one of the key fundamental things that they will tell us to do is to rationalize. Look, Evans, let me just help you. This is the labor market profile, Ghana, 2023 to 2024. And they quote, and you would hear, you would find the Ghana service unemployment rate of 13% of the population and 33% of the youth. We do know that 1.6 million Ghanaians are unemployed. Even to make it worse, the statistical service also gave us another statistic that was interesting, that 2.5 million persons, constituting uh, one out of every four Ghanaian youth, between ages 15 and 35, are neither engaged in schooling, mm -hmm. learning a vocational skill, or mm -hmm. no employment. In other words, they are not only out of job and unemployed. They don't even have the skill. Mm -hmm. They don't have the vocation to even dream of being suitable for a job. Yeah. And you see, that's the other point. You, you, you need to ask yourself, even what we, how do we define employment? Okay? And, what we, and how we define jobs. Because today, look, the definition that the, even the Ghana Service will use is that within the, I mean, a week to the survey, within the period of the, the survey period, did you in the preview in the last week engage in any job that gave you payment or revenue? Mm. If you did, then you are considered to be working. You may have lost your job. Yeah. You have engaged in a casual work, and that's now we So look, let me just say this. I wasn't I wasn't expecting any extraordinary things, to be very honest with you. I was never expecting this budget to be the budget. That would wow me, and so I get up and say, "Oh, this budget's dead," because look, what were we expecting? This is a budget that has been, uh, you know, dictated by the IMF. Yeah. You sent a program to the IMF and said you wanted your program to be based on uh, increased revenue generation, revenue mobilization. So that's what was going to happen to you. So you would find every means possible to increase revenue, and that's the reason you realize that from the one hundred thirty-three billion. 
revenue projection in 2023 is moved up 276 billion in 2024. Mm. And expenditure is increased from 189 billion to 226 billion. There's a deficit of 50, 50. billion. Where, where, where are you going to get that from? Where are you going to get that from? Mm. You're going to continue with the treasury bills, uh, you know, uh, with a domestic market that you're borrowing in left, right, center. Mm. Is that what we want to do? And is that the right? Look, you remember years ago we were having this conversation about how a lot of our debt was external. And what it meant was that we're creating enough space locally for the banks to lend to the private sector. You remember mm. that conversation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What has happened to that conversation? Mm. What's happened to that conversation? So this is not the kind of economy you would talk about and say, oh, as for this economy, of course, we run it down. Uh, the tale of three countries, that uh, all-important article that compares us to Sri Lanka and um, uh, Zambia, will tell you that we run everything down, and that's where we are today, and that's our reality. But here's the thing, though, and part of the challenge, I believe, is the IMF itself, mm -hmm. right? Because they appear to be giving the finance minister a lot of confidence. Economic diplomacy. They won't tell you you're doing well. You know, that's diplomacy. Well, but so the, the, reason why, the reason why I actually say that is if you read the uh, Sith October press statement after the review of, of the, this, you know, the, the last review that we did under the program, the fund was clear that the authority's strong policy and reform commitments under the program is bearing fruit and signs of economic stabilization I imagine. Okay. So when a government Here's this, they jump on that. But if you actually drill down a bit more, the, the, the IMF, which is now running our economy, didn't say that we've turned a corner. The best is that signs of economic stabilization are emerging. And, and that's true. But the facts tell us, of course, inflation is dropping. But you made a very valid point. You took us there first. Yes. I mean, so this is something you, you celebrate, right? So inflation is, is, is dropping. Uh, interest rates, um, not interest rates, the uh, the the city, yeah, the city is stabilizing a bit, you know. So you look at that and you say, well, some of the signs show that things are beginning to stabilize, but we are so way off, yeah, turning the corner. And that for me is my verdict. We are so way off turning the corner. But you see, the danger in, in saying this is that you actually get people believing that we've turned the corner when you haven't. So that same momentum and energy. So, for example, that GRA officer who in the last two years has been hounded by his superiors to go and chase revenue, right? Then he hears the finance minister say that we've turned the corner. Where is the energy going to still come from for him to continue pursuing people? The risk is you're going to find people who will begin to turn. Have you seen the... The celebration that greeted the, the finance when he went back to his office. Mm. Have you seen the videos? No, I haven't seen. Oh, you haven't seen the videos? No, I haven't. Oh, you, have, you should see the videos. So, the finance minister, there was a, there was a, there was a, the, 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 a, a, a line of finance ministry workers who were giving him a guard of honor. You know what they do in the Premier League, yeah. right? Huge line on both sides of the road, right in front of the finance ministry. Give a guard of honor, cherry him, clapping for him when his motorcade arrived because he had just returned from the presentation of the budget. And that should tell you something. If you celebrate the presentation of a, of a budget, a budget that obviously is, is being presented in the very challenging circumstances, and you've, you've just pointed out, 
A budget that is still in significant deficit, which is just yeah. what, what you talk. We have a, you have a significant deficit of about 50 billion. 50 billion, guys. Right, in, in next year. And yet, the father's minister drives to his office and, and workers, a lot of them, line up the streets, clap for him and welcome him. And if you're an IMF sitting, for example, in, in Washington watching this, you wonder, so what exactly were they celebrating? You see, that's the beginning. I mean, that's always our And problem. my point is, it flows from the finance minister himself declaring publicly that we've turned the corner. If we've turned the corner, then it's time to celebrate. Oh, but you see, they're turning the corner figuratively. It means that you're beginning to see signs of improvement. No, he says we've turned the corner. Yeah, so turning the corner is beginning, beginning, beginning to see signs of improvement. And so, after that one, the evidence is on the gun. And you see, I agree with Dr. Baumia. Um, you know, you, you, you need to appreciate Dr. Baumia's understanding of the economy. He says that the reality is that the state of the economy is how, what you feel, how you feel in your pocket. And I perfectly agree with him. Today, if Ken Ophirata, eh, yes, if he, were not, if, if he wasn't a public figure, if he wasn't a finance minister, and you were to ask him to continue paying his staff as he used to, he would understand what the businesses are going through. He would understand why the businesses say nothing is going to change. He will understand why the businesses say this is business as usual. And tomorrow, when, and from the 1st of January, prepare for increase in the price of the things that you buy. Look, what are we saying? A futuristic initiative on electric vehicles. Electric but vehicles. A, but, that's a, but that's a good policy. For public transport. Oh, yes. It's a good policy, but you see, that futuristic thing that you're doing, you know very well that, oh, this is something I want to do into the future. The United States of America, which has enough power more than we do, realized that if they were to even have 30% of their vehicles using electric vehicles, their current power cannot Supply them. 30%. Mm. 30%. Heavens, what people are calling for today is how their businesses will turn the corner. What people are calling for today is not that initiative. As good as it is, we are looking into the future and we are saying, anybody who wants to do this, I will incentivize you to do that. Fantastic. But, I tell you what. That is not something that would quickly reduce your transport fares. Mm. That's something that would not immediately reduce your transport fares. What is going to reduce your transport fares is the cost of fuel and the cost of spare parts. And all these are affected by the exchange rates. So what are we talking about? And that key question then, on the back of it that has happened, whether we turn a corner or not on the celebration, is it staying or is he leaving? I, I picked up a rumor. I spoke to the uh, minority leader yesterday, mm -hmm. Dr. Kezato Fosse, and he says to me on the record that in the House yesterday, even among the majority members, there was an agreement that a conversation had been had with the finance minister, or he himself initiated it, that he's resigning after the presentation of the budget. We don't know when, he didn't indicate it, and that you saw them say bye-bye. And that was a 
that bye bye was because of that information that in the caucus meetings, it, it was agreed, it was known, widely known among the MPs that he was going to go. Okay. If that's the case, and so he actually then moves on to talk about his legacy, right? Because for him, the man is going to go. And I'm pretty sure you've heard the rumors too. I have. Good time for him to leave. Or too, too late or too late, so he just should, stay to the end. He should have left yesterday. Yes. He should have left yesterday. So, I mean, better late than never. Look, um, this is the thing. If Ken Oforiata lives today, and there's anything like all things being equal, the market should react to Ken Oforiata's departure. But you know that won't happen. I mean, our markets and the Well, our markets don't react most of the time, but I tell you what, a few things may change. Even though, even though he has, I mean, prepared this budget on the authority of the president, and I have heard, I mean, in fact, I heard this um, somewhere last two, was it last week? Yes, somewhere last week. In fact, I was actually told that um, by Monday, uh, so by Monday, it's Monday, an announcement will be made that Ken Oferata will leave. But I also have another, I've had another information. I've had... Uh, information, I've had information that says that from conversations that he's been having with his staff. Doesn't sound like he wants to leave. Doesn't sound like a man who's leaving. Mm. But I think that, and I said it here last week, that I am of the firm belief that the finance minister, mm -hmm. and if Akufuado is committed to what he says about wanting Dr. Baumia to succeed him as president, then the finance minister, Ken Oferiata, should resign. Mm. I said this the last time, that he should be changed for Dr. Bamiya to have a hand in who becomes the next finance minister. And already I've been hearing names. Mm -hmm. And the names that I have heard are persons who are close to Dr. Bamiya. Mm. So if that is true, then Ken Oferiata going. Then that would mean that the... What the president told the MPs at the time really meant that allow him to get a deal, get a review, mm. at least know that we're going to get the next tranche, and then he goes. Even though I felt at the time, and I still believe today, that in his absence we could have still gotten the deal. It didn't mm. do any magic. But hey, that's it. A few of the messages, and one that you will be interested in. Onassis Efa says, why don't you debate with the finance minister rather than bragging? On your show, why, 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 you know, why are you not debating with the finance minister? He should come, but you have to invite him. <laughs> you have to invite him. So, so Onassis says, I should debate the finance minister. Yes, I tell Onassis that mm -hmm. I am willing if he makes the finance minister available. In any case, I have not told you that I want to be finance minister. Hmm. Somebody is accepted to be finance minister, and if you are accepted to be finance minister, you're sub you must subject yourself to public scrutiny. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Raymond Abiu. Ghana's financial woes stems from a calculated decision arrived at by Akufuado's government to illegally use the Bank of Ghana to print as much as 77 billion CDs. The media should be probing Kedofriata's uh, finance ministry how uh, those printed bills were done, were utilized. Those who claim uh, to be Christmas, those who claim to be Christians and are not yet quote the Bible, are not and, and yet quote the Bible at every opportunity. Okay, so he's raising fundamental points here. Uh, we have uh, Dumevi says, we joke too much in Ghana. Uh, those civil servants who went to chair the finance minister, uh, they are to stay neutral. What they, what they did amount to doing politics. 
what are they, what are they celebrating? The bad economy and hunger in the country. Uh, so those are a few of your messages uh, coming through on, uh, on, on this very important subject. Uh, keep them coming. I'll share more with the rest of the world. Now, so, so that is it. I mean, in terms of the finance minister submitting himself uh, and coming on the show, well, we'll, we'll welcome him. No, we'll welcome him. I, I don't have mm. a problem. We'll welcome him. I mean, I, I would welcome him. And I'm sure that uh, if he's willing, he would come. Yeah. I mean, I cannot compel the finance minister to uh, be on Okay, so question. Let's work with the assumption, as Dr. Kate forcing has suggested, that he's going to go. If he goes, who replaces him? Where are the men? Well, I think that's the whole idea. And, I mean, when the president made the appointment of uh, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adams, uh, he would have known, for instance, that this day may come. Mm. And so if the man is Minister of State at the Ministry of Finance, you trust in his judgment uh, to be Minister of State. And you know the idea of a Minister of State is that you are, uh, you know, you, you know, um, uh, the late Antonio Sekoto, yeah. Antonio Kutose, yeah, had indicated at a point in time that when I was running the finance ministry on behalf of the, uh, His Excellency the President, and then I remember at the time Dua Jago said, oh, now you have confirmed it yourself. So if you are Minister of State, okay, mm -hmm. at the Ministry of Finance, you are a big man. Yeah. So I think that um, if, uh, you know, Ken Oferata is not going to be finance minister again, Mohamed Amin Adams uh, should be finance minister. That is John Kuma. Uh, I mean, Mohammed Amin Adam came to meet John Kuma. John Kuma as what? Deputy Minister. As Finance Minister. No, no, John Kuma was Deputy Minister. Uh, why didn't Akufuado, in his wisdom, make John Kuma Minister of State and mm. brought in Mohammed Amin Adam? You think that was part of a long term strategy the President was playing? I, I, I think he so. knew this day I, will I, come. I think so. I, I think so. I think the President may have known that this day was going to come. And already I've actually heard his name. I've Ooh. heard his name. Mohammed Amin Adam. I've, I've heard uh, Mohammed Amin Adam's name. And I think that. Um, uh, he'll be a good replacement. His strong economics background would help. He would appreciate things mm. uh, very well. And I should be able to be in a position uh, to deliver, even though uh, the budget has been presented. Uh, mm. The policies are clear. Yeah, clear. He has to implement it. I don't know what... I mean, but he was also very instrumental in the drafting of the budget, so it wouldn't be too much of a problem. Anyway, so that's where we are tonight with the verdict. First of all, we haven't turned the corner. I mean, that's for that. Nobody would say we have. Our business is upset, so ready. Uh, is he resigning or not? Well, we don't know. But we know that there's something brewing. Um, and uh, in terms of who replaces him, uh, there are a few names. He says, Mohammed Amin, I, 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 don't have a, I don't have a preference. See, they don't have time for another veteran, I tell you. Mm. They, don't, they don't have time for another well, veteran. Well, that's the point. Chairman Sabonsu mm -hmm. tells me this week that one of the proposals is pushing, and in fact, it will be in the new standing orders, is to take the president's reshuffle power away. So that this thing where people are reshuffled, and then they do not, they then, and then they are not vetted, must change. Mm -hmm. So in this new standing order, when you're reshuffled from one ministry to the other, you will come back to Parliament for. for well, as it stands now, they don't have time. They don't mm. come back. So yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, next week, hopefully, will be, be wiser. But whether or not he's staying, right? Who oh, no. by, by, by next week, yeah. Mm. Enjoy the rest of the day.